Welcome to the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Super Talk Mississippi 93.7 Spotlight is on Northwest Community College. And you can listen to our live stream at supertalknorthms.com. Just click on the link for the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Here's your host, Gary Darby. 906 and we're ready to roll here in the studio. Gary and I'll be with you after a, a day yesterday where, where Mother Nature and power outages and things kind of took us away and and now we're back and we're rolling again and we'll be doing the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour from now until 10 a.m. 908 and we'll, uh, we'll get in with uh, Coach Carson and the Northwest baseball team a little bit here in a moment. And then we've got a lot of different things to discuss on the campus of Northwest with with Andrew. And we'll tell you, you can text message in at 662-426-1093. 662-426-1093, the Facebook page for the show, North Mississippi Spotlight with Gary Darby, and on Twitter at GDARB65. I, I was talking on uh, the Grizzlies broadcast last night. The guy I was interviewing, uh, Michael Wallace, his Twitter handle is at my mic check which makes a lot of sense in the radio world, doing a mic check, play on his name. Mine's boring, at GDARB65. What are you, you you in the Twitter world? I have a Twitter, but I couldn't even tell you what the handle <laughs> is. <laughs> no? uh, I just use it to make sure that things are getting posted and I can see what everybody else is doing. Right? Yeah. It, it's where I get the news and everything that I, I do, really. I don't watch typical news or do anything. or, or you know, it, it will lead me through the day. It's kind of where I've gone with it, and I guess being involved with sports teams and these shows and that shows and whatever, I've used it a lot. But I need to come up with something a little bit different than the old GDARB 6.5, you know? Yeah. I don't know what. We'll Gary Darby is taken, and so I can't go and get there. Before we uh, take a break and get with Coach Carson, um, a lot of exciting times. Tell us briefly, if you will, how the semester's started. So this is campuses. week two at yeah. Northwest, and there is no shortage of just great things to talk about. Uh, recently, we have uh, had a ribbon-cutting event uh, at the Senatopia campus for the new Heindel Performing Arts Center. And uh, just last week, we did a second ribbon-cutting in that building because of the 19 brand-new Steinway pianos yeah. that are there in that facility. It's fabulous. Some of the best instruments in, in the in the world and uh, just bringing excellence to our students. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but the, the vision of the college is to uh, transform student lives, to uh, enrich our community and to strive for excellence in our educational programs and services. So just the building itself meets those mandates by adding those instruments and all that's going on there. Winnie the Pooh, yeah. This Saturday, uh, soft opening for the big season that we have here. It's at 3 p.m. Um, there, there's a couple ticket options. If So you could just come to the show, but there's also a, a VIP ticket option where you get to interact with uh, Winnie the Pooh. So it's at 3 p.m. It's a great time for families. Um, you, you can uh, come to the show and then be back home before bedtime. I told, you know, Kerry, we talked, I guess he's been on the program a little bit. Three o'clock gives you nap time. You can get them up and over and, and and get to the event and get home at a decent time and all that perfectly scheduled for three o'clock. Uh, I would assume since you're here in studio with me, heads up Northwest Campus, um, you're probably getting a visit from this guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming over to do, talk with Josh Guest here do, in Oxford. Okay. And, and uh, there, there's some students touring the campus. I'm going to take some photos of that today, too. So. Um, I'll take the opportunity to uh, to visit the Oxford campus today while I'm over here. That Josh Guest guy is pretty good. He is. He's a good guy. Uh, he's been involved with some things that we do here in radio and then in baseball, coached against 
his son, things of that nature. So, uh, well, tell him I said hi and uh, and work harder, right? I, that, that guy, though, I mean, he's he, he is good at what he does, no doubt. So uh, wake up over there, campus. He'll be on the way once we get done at about 10. Got to take a break. We'll do some baseball discussion coming up next. All looking at Northwest Community College between now and 10. You're listening to the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Your connection to Northwest Mississippi Community College on Super Talk Mississippi 93.7. And stream live at supertalknorthms.com. Just click on the link for the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. You can do that and, of course, podcast later on today. I've got the man that's in charge of those. Well, I, I we talk and then I email and then Andrew Dale puts them up in that podcast form. So that'll be up at some point today. I try to do it as fast as possible so we can share it and we can get it out there on social media. You know, um, it looks like last this month has been shared real well. Um, on, on, on So Coach Bramlett and, and maybe Will Loomis have uh, put it on their, their right. uh, friends and groups and – um, we just love getting Northwest out as much as possible. So no, no pressure on the Northwest baseball coach, <laughs> but the rodeo coach and the softball coach have had people download the podcast. Mark Carson, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Hey, the hard questions are going to come from Andrew, though. I'm gonna, I'm going to toss you the simple ones along the way. Yeah, like what's what are you giving away today? <laughs> well, no giveaways today. <laughs> so, so you're uh, entering fun. season number eighteen at Northwest. Twelve straight postseason appearances, fifteen straight consecutive winning seasons. Your your next win will be number four eighty. And I say that to all say this because as I was talking with Andrew prior to this and thinking about you as a head coach with Selby as the assistant and the length of time that you were there and before that. Donnie Castle, Jim Miles, who you're yeah. trying to 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 tr- chase down as the all-time winningest coach. The one thing that can be said about Northwest baseball is stability with the leaders. You agree with that? And what does it mean to you I, now to be stepping out and doing it again? Well, I do. It, you know, Coach Miles. When, when I look back as, as a player myself and as a as a North Mississippi kid growing up, you know, Northwest baseball was always uh, just a program that was was strong it was stable it, it was uh they had continued success every year and then when i was fortunate enough to have be a player under it you know and, and and you go under that 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 tutorage of coach miles and coach castle as players and then just to be blessed to be able to coach with them uh and work under them uh it meant a lot I, you know i think i look back and, and coach miles came in last year and spoke to our team uh, actually in the fall when he was on campus for a football game and you know, he talked about that that legacy and just all the the hard work and the years that that he put into it, and 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 then you you turn around and look at Donnie Castle, same thing, and and then I've been fortunate enough to be there now, uh, twenty six years total, uh, starting this year, eighteen as the head coach, and, and and it does mean a lot. I, I think it's number one. I think it says a lot about Northwest, just about what a great place it is to work and and what a great family atmosphere. And, and I think that's the draw for me is it's always been home and it's always been where I wanted to be and, and been very blessed with the administration to be allowed to stay there and, and run this program and, and, and try to, <laughs> you know, the hard thing is you're always, to me, I'm always trying to keep up with what Coach Miles and Coach Castle did because they, they laid a tough road ahead of me and, and I've always kind of prided myself in trying to keep up with that and continue that legacy. Discuss the finish last season that got you to 
you know, the Region 23, beating Meridian, going into the tournament and doing the things that you did and the way that that program finished. I know that, you know, at times could have been a frustrating season, but a good finish yeah. for your guys. Well, you know, baseball is a unique sport in that, you know, you get hot at the right time, and sometimes the talent level really doesn't matter. I mean, you, you look at – I used Ole Miss a little bit last year. They mm-hmm. were extremely talented went through a really bumpy time and then got hot and ended up winning a national championship. And we were very similar to that. I thought we were a very talented team all year. We just had some tough losses early. The ball didn't bounce our way. And then, you know, toward toward mid-April, boy, we really got hot, started playing well, really started to swing the bat, and, and had a chance to get in there and make a run. And, and you know, we did, we were able to do that. And that, that really kind of, I guess, Gave us a springboard getting into those regionals and those playoffs because you know when we went down, when we went down to Meridian and, and had to face that club number six team in the country on the road, and you got to go to their yard and beat them two out of three. That was a tall task, and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if we could do that or not. I thought we had the ability to do it, but just going in there and doing it is a totally different thing. And and we went in there, and that was that was an exciting three days of baseball, and to be able to do that and get us back to that regional. You know that, that was big, and but like I said, it was it was playing well at the right time. It was it was frustrating at times because I thought earlier in the year our record wasn't indicative of, of our talent, and that's always frustrating as a coach. And then, but like I said, you know you always want to be hot. I'd rather be hot late than early, and, and I've been both. And and last year was an example of that. Coach Carson talking with us about the Northwest baseball team i look at the roster and you know over the last couple of years i've had you know the privilege of coming over and, and maybe calling some of the games on the stream uh, a, a little busier throughout this this time and may, yep. may not get to but looking at the roster a lot of new names that are that are here and i know you know the COVID situation changed things as to way some guys stayed a little extra but now a lot of turnover coming into this baseball season yeah you know when COVID, uh, when when the dust finally settled on that you know, we kept looking as a coaching staff, kept looking at that, thinking, boy, at one point, you know, one season, we're going to be really upside down in terms of our numbers. You, you really like those numbers. If you're, if you're carrying, we usually carry around 30 players and you can carry 35, but I like to stay around the upper 20s or right at 30. And, you know, you'd love for that to be somewhat of an even split um, because it creates balance. But, you know, we knew this was coming. We knew there was going to come a time with, when we did have the year where so many of the players stayed for the third year, that it was going to probably limit us a little bit on some recruiting years. And it did. And, and you know, and you look at this year's roster, and, oh, you know, I've had so many people ask me the last few weeks, you know, what do you think about your team? What do you think about your club? And I've, I've been out and done a few speaking engagements, and that's always the question. And, you know, I always respond, scary, uh, just simply because there are so many freshmen in there and are so many new places and you just don't know what that's going to look like, but yeah, there's not a new, uh, not a new names out there, and not a lot of faces that people are not going to recognize. But, but I like them. I think it's a very talented group. And you mix that with, you know, a few of the returners we do have. We have trans, a couple transfers that came in, and you mix it with that, and, and I think it, I think it, you know, it lines up to be a pretty good roster. You know, Ole Miss wins the national championship, as you talked about, and they had Dylan DeLucia and Hunter Elliott didn't allow people to get on base, and then uh, the relievers don't allow them to score if they do get on base. I'm sure your pitching staff is built along like that, right? Starters that are going to be yeah. dominant and relievers who are going to put up the zeros with an ERA, right? Well, we hope so. I mean, you know, it's, 
that's what you always wanted, right? I mean, yeah. You draw it up. Not always the way it is. But, you know, one thing about it, I, in this league, when you play doubleheaders every day, which Mississippi Junior College, every time you walk out there, it, it's 16 innings of baseball uh, every time you walk out every day. And, you know, I've always said the years where we were really good when, of course, you got to have good starters and that kind of thing, but it's when your bullpen's good. And uh, when your bullpen's solid, your bullpen's really good, especially on the back end of it, you got a chance to be good. And, that, and that's one thing that I do like about this team is uh, we don't bring back a lot of experience in the position uh, positions defensively and offensively, but we bring back some experience on the mound. And, and I like that. And I really like the way we're shaping things up with our bullpen and the depth we have there because those, those doubleheaders are grueling. And, uh, you know, and then three days later, you got to turn around and do it again. So, so depth in that bullpen is something we really thought, you know, well, we've got to, we've got to get better here. And I think we have. And, uh, and we've added a little bit more, more juice to the back end of it. So I think that's going to, I hope that translates into the game of how, how hard we work to try to make that happen. I know you've had scrimmages and, and you've got some actual games that obviously begin here uh, very soon on February 8th. Discuss that yeah. doubleheader and how you will approach them. I know the conference actual schedule doesn't begin until kind of mid-March, but you have to prepare for that and build. How do you approach those doubleheaders? And I know you try and give you know as many guys as much time as you can to prove themselves, but kind of lead us through that if you don't mind. Well, I will, and it's uh, the, the the preseason, what I consider the non-conference games. Um, you know, I, I tick a little bit different probably than a lot of coaches. I, I do provide a lot of opportunities um, with our depth this year. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we literally run almost two totally different lineups out there in game one and game two, especially early, to just see how how people handle it. And, and, and you know, this is just my philosophy. I mean, I just we ask those guys to do a lot. You know, we ask those guys to get up and lift in the mornings and sometimes 6 o'clock in the morning, a couple of days a week, and we ask them to practice and we ask them to do all these things, and we try to establish that culture within them. And then when it comes game time, you know, you, you try to reward them. I mean, you, especially early in the year, and that's, that's sometimes, you know, a record may be um, not maybe like I'd want it to be, sometimes simply because you've given opportunities to guys to see, you know, before you set that conference lineup, you know, hey, who can do this, who can't, you know, who's going to be able to produce, what are some roles, and you're trying to establish those roles. And we've tried to do that in our inner squads, and, and we, we've got another one today and another one tomorrow where we'll really try to, you know, put some guys in some positions and just see how they're going to handle that. Of course, of course, an inner squad is never, you know, what you're going to get in the ball game, but uh, but we, we do try to do that, and we, and we try to, you know, figure out what those roles are going to be and, and try to establish that. And so they play a big part. But it's, you know, we I feel like we're pretty fair in that and how we give opportunities. And, and then by the time, you know, March the 10th, 12th rolls around, we open up conference, we have a pretty good idea and feel of what the roles are and how they've been established. Have you been able to get outside enough and, and work like you want? I know we have to deal with the weather and the way it is, and I guarantee you on Wednesday, uh, February the 8th, it'll probably be like 20 degrees when you get ready to do some <laughs> baseball against Jackson State. But w- what have you been able to do outside? And, of course, you got the facilities in and around that we campus did. now to, to help you out in, in all kind of ways. It's been good. It's been really good. We, uh, we've been out every day except two, uh, if, if my thinking's right. We, you know, we... January the 10th, the first day that you can start junior college baseball practice in the, in the country, and we were able to do that. And uh, we've been out every day except two. And that, for 
for North Mississippi weather, that's yeah. that's really amazing. Now that's not to say that it was, you know, suntan weather. Put your suntan lotion on and, and your sunblock and wear shorts and t-shirts. We've had to bundle up. We've had to fight some wet weather. And today will be today will be tough. You know, today's inner squad is one of those. You may see a little bit of how tough somebody really is, and but you got to grind through it because you know it's just like you said two weeks from now. You know, you don't know what we're going to be thrown as far as weather, but we have we. We've um, one thing, you know, we, we do have the facilities around campus that, that if we do have to go inside, we, we've got an indoor facility we can practice in. And then we've really, you know, we utilize the football turf a lot. And Coach Parker, they're so gracious to let us out there and, and be able to work there. And us and Chelsea Bow with softball, you know, we're able to utilize that part of it and, and really get just about what we want done on that football turf, uh, besides maybe take batting practice. You can just about get everything else done you want to. Final thing uh, from me, and, and that is when I did have Chelsea on, we talked about a couple of individuals, if you don't mind. Yep. Maybe maybe a, a pitcher that, that you're looking forward to a big season out of or a new name position-wise. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of hard with all the new names. Um, you know, return-wise, uh, on the pitching staff, you know, we uh, Braden Sanders is back, signed with the University of Memphis uh, in the fall, and, you know, I really think, uh, his best baseball is ahead of him. He was a young man that transferred back to us last year from Ole Miss and local guy from Lewisburg. And you know, I think his, I think he'll have a really good year. Probably going to try to utilize him in the back end of the bullpen. I think that's what Memphis will probably do with him as well. And uh, he's a guy that throws the ball hard, really good slider, and uh, you know, it has that mentality as a as a closer, as a back end guy. And I think I think he's going to really have a good year. Brooks Rice, um, he's a return guy from. Uh, from Madison Central, uh, that I think he had some surgery. He's now his second year back from surgery. So, you know, on the mound, I, I, we really expect big things from him. And um, Logan Eldridge, young man from Arlington, Tennessee. I mean, there's, there, there's three pitchers, returners. Um, we've got Judah Buckner back, coming back from a, a back injury last year. So he's back for a third year. And, you know, you, you throw those guys in there, and I think it, it solidifies our pitching staff a little bit and gives us some experience there. Uh, C.J. Lofton, a local kid from right there in Zenitobia from Strayhorn, uh, played at Magnolia Heights. He's going to be a real important factor for us, I think. He's a strike thrower. No, not, not sure yet how we'll use him. We, we're thinking kind of possibly a starter, for sure a bullpen guy at times, but uh, possibly putting him out there a little bit as a starter, too, because he's such a he's a competitor. He throws in the strike zone a lot, and, and that's what you ask for. Uh, you know, as far as position-wise, that's where we're really young. Um We've got we've got some returning guys, uh, Thomas Cheatham in the outfield, Dawson Griffin on the infield is the returner. Uh, we've got a transfer back that's a second-year player, uh, Eli Selby. So Selby's son's back with us from Niagara University. Of course, he was a local kid at Magnolia Heights. And, and so those are guys that, you know, we hope come back and, and really contribute a little bit offensively and defensively and help us. And then, you know, there's just a whole barrage of, of young players that, like I mentioned earlier, it's almost too many to talk about. There's so many of them out there. But I, I really do think, you know, if we have this same discussion in April, that there's going to be some freshmen that really open some eyes and, and play really well for us. Coach, I appreciate the time. Andrew, any hard-hitting uh, question before we get out of here? No hard-hitting questions. You know, uh, Coach does such an incredible job, and some of that is the testament of the students that come out of this program or the, the student-athletes. Uh, you've mentioned Ole Miss and their championship, uh, but even the previous year, Mississippi right. State and their championship. We've, we've had former uh, some of his former students uh, on both of those teams. So he's doing great work. Is that a selling point? Like you could tell these four-year schools, look, you want to win a natty, hey. you need to get my guys. 
We had a funny say that we had a young man yesterday that could be a highly recruited young man. Uh, he, we had him on campus yesterday, and that, that's one of the things. You're, you're exactly right. We sit down in my office, and we look face-to-face after we view the campus, and we go over all the finances and, and sit with the moms and dads. You know, I have I have what I call my brag sheet uh, <laughs> of our program, and, and I hand that to them. That's the last thing I do on a recruit visit. And, you know, when I hand it to them, that's one of the things that we highlight is, you know, I think we pride ourselves in development. That's what junior college is supposed to be, whether that be academically, athletically, physically, uh, emotionally, whatever it is. I mean, you're trying to help a young man get from, from point A to point B in his career, and whether that be Ole Miss or State or LSU or wherever. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a huge selling point for us because that's, I think our track record speaks for itself a little bit, and, and that really helps us recruiting because that's, you know, that's what they're there for. I mean, they're not – they're. You know, I tell people all the time, well, I tell recruits, you know, I know I know you're not coming to Northwest because it's your lifelong dream. You know, every one of these guys, they want to play in the big leagues. They want to play for the Braves. They want to play for Ole Miss or Mississippi State in college. And so sometimes that junior college route is what enables them to do that. And then we've got a huge role in that. So absolutely, we, we play that tune all the time to them. So it's a big help. Look, I thank you for being on the program and for what you do at Northwest, my friend. Yeah, it's always good. Dr. Dale, appreciate you sharing with us, and it's a great place to be, great place to be home. So a couple of weeks from now, when it's four inches of snow on the ground, grab some hot chocolate and come on. We'll be, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be there. Coach, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. All right. Coach Mark Carson with us with the Northwest Baseball team. We'll take a break. It's 9.32, so I've kind of – Took him a little bit long, and I appreciate the good answers there with Northwest Baseball. We'll continue the show right after this. This hour is everything Northwest. Your connection to Northwest Community College and powered by Sycamore Bank. Thanks for joining us on the Sycamore Bank Ranger Hour. Join the conversation by texting 662-426-1093. 9.37, it is the Sycamore Bank Northwest Ranger Hour. We always thank our good friends at Sycamore Bank for helping make this program come to you every Thursday between 9 and 10. Coach Mark Carson of the Northwest Baseball Team was on by phone. Andrew Dale is in with us as well. And we kind of talked about this before the break and after the break. Obviously, that program is in good hands, but the way that he speaks, the way that he talks, and obviously he's he even talked about speaking engagements – He's he's so good for that that community in in, in in everything that Northwest does is Mark Carson. When you've been the head coach for eighteen years and on campus for twenty six or more, uh, <laughs> you ought to know that place backwards and forwards. Yep. And he surely does, and he can talk uh, ad nauseum at all of the good things that are happening for both the students and the program in general, and how it's relatable to uh, recruiting and the next steps that they need to take. Well, um, there's no doubt that. He and I, we, we could have continued until the top of the hour talking about we'd have made up something along yeah. the way, um, whether it was that program or whatever. Uh, but, you know, he played there. Um, and in my early broadcasting career, I started doing games when, when he was there and Coach Selby was playing there. And now Coach Selby's son, Eli, is on the team, right, uh, and going. And so... Uh, that that program has been uh, has been good to Old Darb throughout time and uh, and a good representative to be with us. All right, you're here to talk about a few other things that are going on on campus and 
if people listen to the Gallo Show and if they listen to Gerard, they hear a lot of the state legislature. That's right. They hear a lot of the things that are going on uh, in the Capitol, and obviously Northwest Community College has their eye on on those things. Where do we need to go involving state legislature and community college or Northwest in general? Yeah, I've got uh, a list of legislative priorities that I just want to go through. Um, it's a great time to be a Mississippian, to be involved um, because of the economy in its current state. Uh, we Last year had a billion-dollar surplus in Mississippi which is fantastic mm-hmm. for being able to reinvest in infrastructure and programs for the state at the state level. And Northwest was a recipient of some of that reinvestment. Um, there's there's a lot of really good things going on with programs. You know, we're talking uh, safety um, and job creation. That that benefit, that um, surplus is, is here again. And uh, last year, I remember it was maybe the only gala show or something where they were like, yeah, well, we have a billion dollar surplus, but uh, already in the legislature, uh, I mean, maybe the Speaker of the House said this, that we already have $7 billion of requests, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's there's no shortage of people who want to uh, ask for some of this money. Uh, but the community college system, by and large, in Mississippi, is some of the most efficient uh, state government that you can find because uh, you get a high return on your investment. Um, 96% of the students who are uh, engaged in community college stay in Mississippi. So not only you're training your students, your your local people, they're going to be here and create more business for you. Um, every dollar that's spent is two Mississippi residents. Usually, I mean, like we're not we don't employ a whole lot of out of state people to work in this um, system, and so you're paying back to local communities through our employees. It, there's just um, benefit over benefit over benefit for using this. And, and we don't get, you know, it's not as shiny as talking K-12 or IHL because those um, K-12 is much larger. They employ so many more people in Mississippi. And so there's more more of a voting block, if you will, that impacts the um, House of Representatives and the sure. Senate uh, and, and IHL. Okay, so everybody has their favorite SEC team. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Community colleges are just kind of in the middle there. Um, and But our service is just fantastic. And I, I mentioned it earlier, one of the three points in the vision of North Miss, Northwest Mississippi Community College is to strive for excellence in our educational programs and services. And excellence just doesn't happen. Uh, it has to be funded. And uh, we do what we can. We have had a, a fantastic administration over the last several years that has put the college in an economic position to move forward. It, it, when Dr. Handel took over, uh, it was ready to move. Uh, and you've noticed the growth on campus. And by the growth that has happened in the last four or five years, um, we are seeing an enrollment tick up and we want to continue that and DeSoto County specifically has been the highest growth space in Mississippi for 20 years or more and so the college is just now catching up to that and we want to be able to provide for all of Northwest Mississippi. We, we serve an 11 county district, so it's not just one county that we serve. We have our eye on all of these that are up here that are in our guard or our space and so some of these legislative priorities are for our employees who live in all of these counties. They're for our students who uh, we want to serve. We want to be able to provide more programs for them. And so I just want to mention some of these. Um, the prior- priority number one uh, was salary increases for our employees. Um, we're asking for a 7% 
increase for full-time employees. I believe last year the community college system got a 3% increase after um, through COVID there was nothing and, and it's been very minimal before that. And um, K-12 and IHL have had um, very, very large increases. Uh, so much so that the community college system in some cases is behind K-12 in their pay scales. Uh, so it's very hard to recruit employees sure. to come to the classroom uh, and and teach high quality instruction when the pay scale isn't comparable for a, cl- a collegiate education. And so that's priority number one. And, and th- there's sort of a second priority that's nested inside that because there are some programs, some um uh, this is my computer beeping on me. Some it looks um, quite all right. Yeah. You saw me. <laughs> I, I was getting text messages and had to cut that off. I'm the, I'm the radio guy, so you would think I would know. There are some career tech programs and, and specialized programs. Like let's just take nursing specifically. Okay, um, an individual who has a nurse. Let's just say they have a master's in nursing and they they're a teacher. Okay, and we pay them an educator's pay scale to teach in the classroom. A nurse. They're already a nurse. They're teaching nursing. They could probably double or quadruple what they're making outside of the classroom. Mm. A lot of them uh, moonlight on the weekends, or or some of them have uh, just to kind of recoup what they can make sure. freelancing. Yeah. We have students that uh, are doing that travel nurse thing, and that's just ridiculous. I think I'm in the wrong business sometimes <laughs> because uh, you can you can make a salary, but then they pay your uh, travel expenses you and your you know all, all these per diems. You're, you're and stuff. spot on. When I lived in Huntsville, Alabama, I was doing radio, and I've mentioned this on on the radio. I drove for a large pharmaceutical company. I did a route of about 160 miles. I think there's a Twitter handle in there somewhere. Somewhere, right? To hospitals, (laughs) assisted living facilities, and you would meet these nurses late night, whatever, and and one of them would look and say, look, I'm going to be gone the next two weeks because I'm traveling. I'm going to be working in X city and make as much in those two weeks as I'm going to make in a month or or maybe two months, Mm -hmm. depending on where Mm -hmm. you go. Uh, and and to and to what that is like, and I know we have that shortage of nursing now, but uh, I see the challenge that you're talking about. And so we're asking for a specialized uh, salary enhancement for high demand employees, specifically nursing or some of those career tech spaces. Like we've had uh, some issues with some of our career tech. Um, uh, programs where we couldn't find an instructor because the job market is just so tight mm. with with some of those people who have those qualifications and uh do, they think do i want to be in a classroom or do i want to you know they look at the paycheck at the end of the day we have an incredible i mean just being a state employee uh is an incredible uh i don't know like my family feels it. I, I know it's. You know, I can't imagine not doing. I mean, like the the benefits are. Uh, <laughs> we get we get great insurance. Um, it's a very solvent retirement um, system. Love it. Uh, I, and I can't believe like I'm at 18 years. Uh, well, I'm already over the halfway mark towards. You're already thinking 13th check, no, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> it'll happen at some point, but I can't believe it happened so fast. So um, anyway, salary increases, that's priority number one. Priority number two is just basic operational costs. Everything costs more. Everything. Uh, just 
supplies and and we're just trying to overhead we're just trying to keep up with that request so it's that's an eight million dollar request and increase we're just asking for an eight statewide an eight million dollar increase for basic operational costs the salary increases was 35 million for all 15 institutions um we're looking for priority three a cte career technical education that's what cte means advantage program increase of five million dollars so we we've had funds in 10 million so we're asking for 15 million collectively uh, for all 15 institutions to be able to pour more money in career technical education. That's uh, a priority for us. So we, there are students who in high school, they know what they want to do and they go get that degree. They're in dual enrolled with us or they, they go straight to the four-year schools and they get their bachelor's degree and then they get a job because they have plans. There are students who spend time with us and they're not sure what they quite want to do and they explore things. Um, Career technical education is the hands-on aspect of what we do. Um, you can get a certificate that we have a, a lineman program or we have a tool and die program, um, manufacturing machining program, where you, you finish that two-year certificate and you could be making upwards of $100,000. What? I just said that. Yeah. They make more than me yeah. uh, just doing this two-year program because – you think about a manufacturing business who needs a tool and die. They, they, they make widgets, but they're specialized. So they have a machine that makes something, and their line is producing their parts all day long. When that line goes down, uh, the time that that line is down is costing the company money. Well, uh, a person that goes through our tool and die and uh, machine manufacturing program can make the part that fixes their machine that keeps the company making money. And that is a highly valuable resource. It's not that the process is difficult for them. It's just a time issue. Sure. And so having that person on hand and being available to keep that thing, keep that machine, whatever their widgets are from failing or get the product, get the machines back online so that their product can keep going out the door saves the company money. And that's a very valuable position. I know you don't have you know the the timer we may not want to discuss individual names but you guys are dealing with state representatives and senators from this area that have been long time involved with Northwest Community College and helping out how important are those relationships that you guys have with the current members of whatever county it might be and in the state capitol absolutely dr handel uh has been in the capital city this week uh doing just that uh, you know we Trey Lamar in Senatobia uh, Senator Nicole Boyd here in Oxford. I mean, I could just list all of them. I'm, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, That's Jerry, why I said <laughs> you know, we have to do the uh, <laughs> You know, Jerry Darnell uh, yeah. is uh, fabulous as an educator, and he's not getting paid a dime to be uh, a legislator, but uh, has education in Mississippi um, interests at, at heart. Uh, so it's fabulous to have people who see that the college is – trying to invest in the local community. Um, there are 30, I can't name them all. I mean, I have the list in front of me. I don't have time to. There are 30 <laughs> elected senators and representatives that serve the 11 county district that Northwest Mississippi Community College is responsible for. And so those 30 individuals uh, building relationships with those people on these priorities is very important. Um, it's important to be able to, for us to communicate what these dollars would do for the college, what these, what these dollars would do for the state and how it can transform local communities by having um, education locally. Uh, a, a key you know, representative of just this process is, and it really wasn't state funds that, that helped it, but just the knowledge that education is power, uh, Batesville's concourse. 
the old shopping center that's there uh, where the city of Batesville and the county of Batesville was like, hey, this shopping center is not doing tax revenue for us. It's just useless. It's sitting here on the highway and there's nobody here renting it. What can we do with it? Hey, let's make a college. If we build something, it's the if you build it, they will come mm-hmm. principle, right? So if we build or, or outfit this for the college to use to create space for uh, different programs – and, and we have one in there now. We're, we're working on electric welding, and there may be an EV program, electric vehicle manufacturing program to go in that space um, that, that Accelerate Mississippi has approached us about. And if you build it, they will come. There, there's, a, there's a facility not far south of Batesville that's coming up. It's uh, Milwaukee Tools, that's right? right. Yep. Um, it's, it's part of making sure that there is a ready workforce for people like that, for industries like that to come to Mississippi. That's one of the reasons why Mississippi is in such a good economic situation uh, because of the tax cuts that they've had in recent years by making it a viable place for industries to move. We've had companies move from California to Olive Branch, Mississippi. That's amazing. We've, we, I mean, there we have companies moving from Italy, and uh, I heard about one this morning uh, on Super Talk. Oh, I, I can't even over there in the east side of the state where it's Belgium. There's a company moving from Belgium. Mississippi is uh, on fire yep. uh, economically, and we want to be involved in that and and are doing our part to make sure that the students are prepared for the jobs that we don't even know what they're going to have yet. And part of that is this funding model. Uh, we need capital improvement on our campuses, um, and we're trying to uh, – even reach further because we have dual credit students in Mississippi. So that what that means is there are students in high school that are taking college classes. That's happening all across the state and more and more every every year. Uh, I really wish it was available when I was a college student. I had a, a friend of mine who uh, he was like, well, we're in the 10th grade. I'm going to take the GED. You guys have fun in high school. <laughs> and he, he's a cardiologist because his dad was a cardiologist. And he knew he needed to shave time off of his education. And he did. And he was successful at it. And I just thought, you're crazy. You're in, a, you're in 10th grade. You shouldn't be a college freshman. Um, but that's kind of what we're at right now. We're, we're trying to shorten the timeline between um, students having their high school, college experience to getting in the workforce. Uh, we're compacting the information and uh, there are requirements to graduate, and some of those requirements to graduate are also requirements to graduate college. And we're we're melding the gap there, where they uh, can do both at the same time. Here in Oxford, we have this uh, institute uh, with uh, Oxford High School, and last year uh, we had. 12 or 14 students, I don't don't really know the number, uh, that graduated with their associate's degree a week before they got their diploma. Uh, Well, it's because Northwest semester ends before Oxford High School semester ends. So I guess that will continue. Uh, The the students that are engaged there right now in that program will be able to finish. They'll have shaved two years off of their college degree. They're fully involved in high school. We have band students, you know, that are, they're taking college classes on our Oxford campus. And so they're back and forth between both of those. And we have some of the same kind of partnerships with the University of Mississippi and the University of Memphis, where our students can be tandem students uh, in both places so that you, you have the experience of college. You get, you get to take in all that it is and all the hype that everybody's ever talked about. But you also are moving rapidly towards your goal so that it's part of the American crisis right now. People have had way, either one way too much fun in college or haven't like decided what they wanted to do. So they spent so much money. 
we don't need to do that. Uh, Mississippi's community college system is the most economic friendly opportunity for current students. Uh, if, if a student in high school comes to a community college and you make A's and B's in your classes, you're eligible for a Phi Theta Kappa scholarship, which in Oxford is a full tuition scholarship right, yep. at the University of Mississippi. So you can go to Northwest Mississippi Community College and pay a very low tuition rate and then go to Ole Miss and receive a Phi Theta Kappa scholarship because they are recruiting community college students aggressively We've these had days. lots of great conversations with students that have done exactly that. We're up against the top of the hour and uh, have to turn this over to Gerard. Uh, one quick final thought before we get out of here. Well, he's going to have me on the next hour, and we're just going to keep talking. Okay, right well, that's now. fine. We'll call him. And <laughs> yeah. we, we, we'll, 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 There's just we'll no end to the great things that yep. we can talk about at Northwest. And so thank you for having me on today. No, thanks for coming in and being a part of this and all that you do. We'll have that podcast up for you as soon as I can uh, stop the recording and email it to Andrew. He'll try and get that up for you. Thanks to Mark Carson for being with us as well on the uh, program today for the Northwest baseball team. Tomorrow we'll come back with some kind of discussion to finish up a week between 9 and 10. Until then, so long. <laughs>